Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And welcome into the Wait for Tailgate Show here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, Falcons and Cardinals coming up 4 p.m. Eastern kick. I'm Mark Zeno, joined by Harper Lavelle and Sweet Joe Patrick. The artist formerly Sweet. known as Smoking Joe Patrick is back. Now you, he's. You said there was going to be a lot of uh, harsh adjectives. adjectives. Yes, I didn't Sweet. say harsh. I said okay. there was going okay. to be a lot of I mean, adjectives. I guess, I guess I, Harper, I found out last week somebody had already coined the phrase Smoking Joe Patrick. So I had to pivot from Smoking Joe to something different. And uh, now I'm pivoting to Sweet Joe. You got to be one of a kind if you're Smoking that's Joe. That's true. <laughs> but so. Sweet Joe is, a, you know. That's that's where you are right now. You're sweet. I, I guess so. I guess uh, so. You, you, next segment, you'll have a new nickname. You got to earn okay, it. Yeah, you got to earn it. There's a variety of nicknames. Come, Wade Ford Tailgate <laughs> Show, brought to you by Wade Ford Atlanta's Ford Dealer. We got a lot to get to here. Short amount of time as uh, we just finished up the game in Germany. Is the international series over? Thank oh, God. I, I hope. There so. anymore? Is nine thirty games? There's been enough bad games yeah. over there. In uh, and and what was bad about that game was both the quarterbacks. Uh, God, that game stunk. Ten to six. What is up? People with these, in Germany should get their Deutschmarks back. These games in Europe. I don't know if it's the jet lag or whatever it might be, but it always seems like there's like odd scores, like weird, like, bad like odd numbers. You know, bad you get like football. eighteen points and things like that. Even the Chiefs and Dolphins last week, as watch as it was, was yeah, not an yeah, aesthetically yeah. pleasing football game. All right, we got a lot to get to here. Harper and Joe, uh, let's start the show off with a little bit of fire because you know I like to do that sometimes. <laughs> it's been an interesting you? week here in Atlanta. Uh, we certainly have seen our fair share of. Uh, opinions and thoughts and everything across the entire landscape from media, fans, everybody alike. I'll just say this much. At four and five, Arthur Smith is not coaching for his job. Arthur Smith's job is not on the line. Anybody who thinks it is doesn't know what they're talking about and isn't paying close enough attention to this team or what is going on. Now that we got that out of the way, part of the reason why people are starting to doubt Arthur Smith was one answer he gave today or earlier this week, rather, that seemed to have had everybody in an uproar. Now, I'll caveat this by saying that it probably was a much longer answer than it needed to be. Sure. But if you're around Arthur Smith, and you talk to him both on and off the record, you understand what kind of individual he is. He's a very smart guy, and he's a very analytical guy, right? Like the numbers and the stats and everything matter to him because it's information for him. They probably should matter to him. Well, yeah, it should matter to all coaches, right? Yeah. Um, But it's one of those things here, guys, where – he uses the numbers to justify decisions and, and calculate what he's going to do. Arthur Smith was asked about B. John Robinson's touches at the goal line, and here was his response. All right, so we have a lot of guys that we think are good players on this team. So it's not just Bijan, but it's all those guys. So a lot of times in the drop back, maybe the number one read was Kyle, maybe it was Drake. 
well, they, they have a say, they took it away, and you've got a pressure attack on the other side, so the ball went there. Or, unfortunately, you got sacked or something negative happened. So having said all that, that's not an excuse, so it's just reality. And then 10 is, you know, he, among other people, when we've been in sync, it's been pretty good. And there's been some zone reads. That's been a good, really good play for us, right? So the play, if he hands it, going to him. Well, we pulled it, and that's been a pretty positive play for us down there. Um, you know, Tyler, in the situation, Algier, he's been pretty damn good on go-on runs, short yardage. I mean, the bottom line here is that they're bad in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And all he really had to tell everybody, guys, was, hey, we got a lot of good guys on this team, a lot of guys to get the ball across the goal line. But simply put, we have to be better overall. I have to be better. We have to be better at getting seven or six instead of three. And that would have sufficed for an answer. That said, gentlemen, I'll, I'll toss it to you. Your level of confidence at this point in time, Harper, in Arthur Smith is what? On a scale of what, one to ten? Sure. Well, you're thinking about this a long time. I am because there's a part of me that says, okay, we're on the Falcon Network. we got to be nice to the Falcons. <laughs> there's also a part of me that says, who else would you want? Who's available right now if you were going to change this thing out? If that's what you really as a fan wanted to do? Remember when Mel called that one time and he goes, we need to fire Arthur Blank. <laughs> we can't do that. How many Mel? times has Mel said that? <laughs> we, we, stop. We can't do that either. So part of the reason I hesitate, Mark, is because he didn't fumble the ball or give up a sack. Nope. He's not the one he that gave up the penalty. And there are situations, and, and I've noticed this since the beginning of this year, when Bijan is in or you bring Tyler in or when Cordell will come in and then you'd have a different tight end, you'd have Fisk come in, you'd have Hesse at the beginning of the year. Do you bring in Fitzgerald? There are so many combinations, but is the right combination to give Bijan the ball if you're going to run it between the tackles at the goal line? I would say that's the least right. of my right. alternatives. You give it to the bigger guy, you give it to the guy that is going to wedge his way through there no matter what. So part of the situational answer is my final answer is an eight. And here's the thing with Bijan at the goal line. It is like it's not a new phenomenon for teams to not utilize certain backs on the goal line. Now, I would say that there probably may have been a time or two where they could have utilized him instead of, you know, I think I think the other part of this is the way that they have tried to design some stuff at the goal line. Like the Janu jet sweep? Like the Janu jet sweep. Like the Janu Pitts missed a block on? Yeah, yeah. Oops. The, the Janu pass as well. You know, like, like the, these types of things kind of make, can make these things seem more glaring. But how many times in the NFL have we seen great running backs, they they carry the ball from, until, you know, you get to the five-yard line, and then there's a power back. That Barry comes Sanders. In. In, in, in fantasy terms, that's vulturing the touchdowns. You know, that this happens. And so Derek Moore was here with the Falcons. Right. We cut him, and then he, anything inside the five-yard line, you take Barry Sanders out, and you get, Derek had, I don't know how many touchdowns in his career, yeah. but those were all touchdowns that Barry Sanders could have had. And real quick to the point as well, what was it, the Carolina or the Green Bay game, where you give it to Bijan out in the corner, whoop, 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 he fakes everybody out, including me and the cameraman, <laughs> yeah, 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 and he yeah. scores. Well, if you're not going to put him out there, that's what he does. Why would you run him in between the guards or the tackles when you're going to do something like that? Yeah, and 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 listen, I came into this season actually expecting for Bijan to not get many goal line carries because you look at a player like Cordero Patterson who is about the size of Bud Dupree, and that seems like a guy who's probably going to be able to get the ball across the goal line. Now, I would say that he's not even getting the carry, so I, I'm not saying that there aren't you know um, critiques you can make about the way sure. about some of the plays that have been called sure. on the goal line, but I'm not surprised that Bijan's kind of you know not been the the focal point when they get to that point of the part of the field. Guys, the reality of the situation here is for a four and five team. Okay, 
and this is a margin for a lot of teams, and we can go back to the Vikings and the Giants last year, but any coach worth their salt, and I truly believe this about Arthur Smith, is more focused on the process than the results because more often than not, if the process is good, the results bear themselves out over a longer period of time, over a 17-game season. Mm -hmm. And in reality, the Falcons are, let's just call it objectively, two turnovers or two touchdowns and let's call it three missed tackles on Josh Dobbs from having seven yeah, at wins. Least, at least any of those that, that's three missed the tackles change the game, too. That's the reality of what this team is. Now, again, that has nothing to do with play calling. It doesn't have anything to do with scheme. It doesn't have anything to do with what fans are complaining about Arthur Smith about. It has to do with players executing. Your quarterback didn't hold on to the damn ball. Your quarterback turned the ball over. And last week, for whatever reason, you couldn't get your handle on the wet bar of soap called Josh Dobbs uh, in, in a spot to bring him down to change the outcome of that game. That's the reality. Yep. And if you would have told me last week that the Falcons are going to score 28 points in that game, we all would have said, we'll take it because we're going to win because our defense is good enough. So, again, fans can put this whatever prism they'd like to put it in. But the fact of the matter is, is simply is that it's not as bad as you want it to be, and it's not going to, to, to be as bad as you want it to be. And this team, when it's all said and done, go back to the original expectations, is probably what? Between an 8- and 10-win team. That's what we all thought going in. That's what they're pacing for. What are you upset about? You could be better. Yes, absolutely. And there's the reason to be upset about that. But the bottom line here is that it's not as bad as you want it to be. Make hey, sure Joe. Guys- Joe, Mark Mark yep. said he was going to bring the fire. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's, he did. he's got Let's it going. Go. Let's go. Come on now, Mark. Make sure you guys hour. stay tuned for the Ticketmaster Halftime Show brought to you by Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. When we come back, take a quick look around the NFL and the Falcons competition in the NFC alongside Harper LaBelle. And Sly Joe Patrick. Mark Zeno here on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Sports Radio, 90 to 90 game. Welcome back to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show here on Sports Radio, 90 to 9 the game. We got a lot to do. Uh, taking you guys up to 2 o'clock Falcons pregame show. We'll network pregame show will take over then. Uh, of course, a kick coming up at 4 o'clock right here on your home for the Falcons. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Gentlemen, just continuing this, uh, this, this Falcons conversation here uh, on where they are and everything else. No one is denying that you need to score more points. And no one's, I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you that they, need to, they, they don't need to fix the turnovers and they don't need to fix the red zone. Of course they do. That's, yeah, and that's, of course. Oh, yeah. There is part of that that is on the head coach. But you can't complain about Arthur Smith's scheme when over the last five weeks, you're averaging close to 400 yards of offense a game. It's not a scheme issue. Like, there are tweaks you need to make at certain points in the game to be able to convert field goals into touchdowns and, and get across the goal line. But I, I just, objectively, you can't look at an offense that's averaging 375 yards a game and go, yeah, their scheme stinks. So I was looking up the uh, pro football focus grades, you know, and, and listen, I want to say caveat that, you know, PFF grades are, you should take them. They're not salt. You can probably They're say there's like a margin of error of like five, right? In terms of like how you rank in, in, in various stats. But listen to this. So the Falcons are run blocking are number three in the NFL. In terms of receiving, catching the ball, they're number eight in the NFL, according to PFF. In terms of pass blocking, which we all feel like, I, I mean, I certainly feel they like. They stink. Tenth in the NFL, according to PFF. And really? Again, you can. But ask Desmond Ritter if he feels that. But their overall, <laughs> but their overall pass grade is 29th, and their overall run grade is 24th. Why? Because they throw a lot of interceptions and yep. they fumble the ball a lot when they when they run, and therefore your offense is that the offense is actually ranked 15th in the NFL overall when you take all those numbers combined. But that is to say, that is to support your point, which is that 
this team, if they cut out those turnovers, those costly mistakes that they make, those swing games, and it's causing this offense to look a lot worse than what their general production would suggest that they should be producing in terms of points. Go ahead. Go ahead, I was just going to say, just interesting scenario in that there are so many little pieces into this. Remember when Matt was here and he was throwing it to Tony Gonzalez over the middle, touchdown Falcons. Of course. Who replaced him? Who's the tight end that we couldn't get the ball to after him? So he went to Julio. Touchdown Falcons. Who's the guy that's going to shoot the three-pointer to win the ball game for us? Who's mm-hmm. the guy that's going to get the ball across the end zone? And I, I don't know if we have a Tyreek Hill type of personality here that's going to be the finisher. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a shame that we don't because we got five or six guys that all could be. I just don't know how we're getting the ball to that one individual that we go that another defense is going to say we have to stop him in order to stop the Falcons. And then for the Falcons to counter with, okay, you stop A, I'm going to throw B and C at you, and then you try to stop that. I just don't know if we're quite there yet, and that's why these games have been as close as they have, and that's why we're in second place looking up at New Orleans. Hopefully they'll uh, lose today and we'll get a chance to uh, tie them. The other thing is, you know, when people talk about Bijan at the goal line or, you know, getting the ball to your playmakers, guys, if you look at the numbers, and a lot of fans don't and a lot of media don't, they're getting the ball to their playmakers. Kyle Pitts is one of the most targeted tight ends in the league. Bijan is the second most utilized rookie of any running back in the league behind Jameer Gibbs. The only reason Jameer Gibbs is ahead of him is because Dave Montgomery's been out for four weeks. So, I, I, the, the, again, it's just a, a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding of what is actually happening. And we're, we're putting out narratives about this team that are just factually not correct at this point in time. Yeah, just, just to add some statistics to that Kyle Pitts uh, that you mentioned. I, I looked it up. He's actually getting targeted the exact same amount that he was getting targeted in 2021 when he was a pro bowler. And everybody had great things to say about him. Rightfully so. He had a, he had a great year. Um, he's getting targeted the same exact amount on a targets per offensive snap basis played. So, like, but and again, people throw it out like, ah, oh, you got to give the ball to tar- to Kyle Pitts more. And it's like, well, yeah, you could maybe if that's in the game plan, but it's not necessarily the problem that's holding this team back. Again, it's really odd to me that it seems like people want to look at anything but what is actually plaguing the Falcons, which is what Mark was saying at the top of the show, which is missed tackles, missed sacks, uh, obviously all the turnovers, the fumbles from Bijan and Desmond Ritter. You know, these all contribute to losing football games despite how many yards you might pick up in, the, in between those points. Look around the NFL is brought to you by Orchard. Sell your home and get paid twice. Learn how at Orchard.com. Uh, Colts beat the Patriots in Frankfurt 10-6. to What an excitingly, embarrassingly disgusting viewing game to watch. Uh, neither here nor there. We got games just kicking off here. Texans and Bengals and Cincy, Packers and Steelers. Titans and Buccaneers in Tampa. Browns and Ravens getting it. Browns, uh, Ravens already have a touchdown. Wow. There you yeah, go. Deshaun Watson they're pick not six. Even 40 seconds Deshaun, Watson, Deshaun Watson pick six. Good job, Deshaun. Uh, welcome back to the NFL. 49ers and Jaguars, the big one coming up here. Uh, 49ers just forced the three and out. Saints and Vikings underway in Minnesota. And uh, the Vikings and Josh Dobbs, who we all hate now in Atlanta, such a nice guy, uh, end up uh, uh, getting the ball first. So that's kind of what's going on around the What league. about the Heidi game, Mark? You want to talk about the Heidi game, the Jets at the Raiders? If the Jets don't see <laughs> like ninety fifth anniversary of the Heidi right, game, yeah. right? If the Jets don't demolish that team, um, the Raiders scoring thirty points against the Giants is like them scoring thirty points against Boston College. It doesn't count. <laughs> like, sorry, Boston College, <laughs> the first team that popped into my head. And they, yeah. they stunk it up yesterday too. So, yeah. mauled by Virginia Tech. Anyway, so I mean, uh, you know, I don't think the Falcons need to worry about. It. I don't think Falcons fans need to worry anything about what these Saints are going to do today against 
themselves. Arthur Smith has said it repeatedly, and he's right. Everything that the Falcons need is right in front of them. Nobody in this division is that much better than the Falcons that they need to worry about anything. Yep. And in reality, if they take care of business, starting with today, then everything is going to be okay. Uh, and, and, you know, we talked last week, you and I did, Joe, about uh, the idea of, you know, Desmond Ritter versus Taylor Heineke. And what did I tell you? They're the same exact dude. And I think we saw that last week. You're not going to see any markedly different level of quarterback play from Taylor Heineke than you are from Desmond Ritter. That said, if he limits his turnovers, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, and is able to hold on to the damn ball and not, you know, put his team in a bad position, guess what? Then they're going to end up being okay, right? Like th- th- that's going to be an improvement, and that shouldn't be the measure of improvement, guys. But unfortunately, that's where we are. As Lloyd Christmas would say, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Saying there's a chance, yes. Um, I mean, there's a chance. Harper's- what about today with uh, Kyler Murray coming back? We haven't talked about him yeah, at all. Well, today. Is yeah. that a big deal? Can I, can I, I, I think so. When you talk about this team missing sacks and tackles on quarterbacks, well, especially, <laughs> then he presents a little bit of a problem. I would argue. I, I think personnel mismatch is a little, little awkward, too, for the Falcons who have this big defensive line. They don't have that speed on the edges that can chase down a, a runner like Kyler, who's certainly going to want to get out of the pocket, I think. I would argue he stunk before his knee injury. He was not playing well before his knee injury. Now he's coming in with a new system, new scheme, new coach, new everything, new personnel. And uh, he doesn't have the safety blanket of DeAndre Hopkins there anymore. And, you know, a lot of things have changed. Zach Ertz ain't playing for him. Um, You know, I I don't know that there's any marked level of improvement in what you're seeing from, you know, the uh, uh, this Kyler Murray from the one we saw before. And I, I think he'd be less hesitant to run in reality, given the knee injury and everything else. He might not take off as much. I mean, we'll see. There's no way to know. But the Falcons have to do a better job at wrapping up the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and oh, by the way, if people are still focused on sacks, should I bring up again? Falcons are top five in the league yeah. in pressure rate, hurry rate, and quarterback knockdown rate. I know they don't have a lot of sacks, but guess what? They are affecting the quarterback. Yep. And what happened last week with Josh Dobbs is just kind of the reality of a guy made a play. Go back to Marshawn Lynch and the, and the Seahawks. A guy made a play. End of discussion. It was the right play call. But a guy made a play, and the defense gets a say sometimes. And that, unfortunately, Josh Dobbs had a say last week, and he saved his team's bacon. Well, yeah, we'll see how the Saints scout against that to see what they're going to be doing in terms of how they defend him. And how much rust is Kyler Murray going to have on him? He hasn't played in a year. No preseason games or anything like that. He's thrown some scrimmage-type passes. What you would equate in baseball, has he had some bullpen sessions? Right. Right? That's not the same as going out there and throwing. No, to your point, Harper, here's the thing. For a team that's got a great pressure rate, a great hurry rate, knockdown rate, him feeling footsteps of a team that can actually hit him yeah, yeah. may be enough to, to to shake him a little bit today. I mean, Tyler, yeah. Taylor Heineke was talking about it, uh, you know, kind of where he needs to improve this week but versus going into last week where when you're kind of in an awkward spot when you've been on the bench, you've been running scout team for, what, eight weeks, and then you get thrown into a game and – all of a sudden, there's cons- he said this. He's like, there's consequences. All of a sudden, on these throws, you can't right. just start like trying to fire everything in there like you would on when you're when you're running scout team. And you wonder if that could affect Kyler. I'll ask you guys one thing because here is one thing I think from a scheme standpoint with the Falcons that has been a little bit head scratching. Um, and and last year you understood it because of the level of quarterback play you were getting from Marcus Mariota, but. It does feel like the run game has taken a little bit of a step back. Definitely, the 100%, consistency. 100%. And the the desire to be effective in the run game isn't there. Now, again, Arthur, he's really smart. Uh, and I, I, my guess is he's evolving the offense the way it needs to evolve because, you know, doing the same thing over and over again won't produce better results than it did last year. I think he knows that. So he's got to be able to sort of change his game up a little bit. But still, 
in a game like this against the Cardinals, in a game against a bad defense, in a game against a team that you know you probably can beat in the trenches, it might behoove you to just be a little bit more run heavy today. Yeah, I, I, I think so, and I th- I feel like especially when you're when you're incorporating Bijan into the offense, it feels like. They're going to do three things with Bijan running the ball. They're going to run outside zone. They're going to run a toss, or they're going to run a counter, counter lead with 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 Key Smith. That seems to be the way. And listen, he's had plenty of success running that so far. He's he's not been bad at all. I think he's ninth in the NFL in rushing yards. But um, you know, it, 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 can this can this running game evolve? Because last year it seemed like this running game was schemed up so well uh, when you had. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson doing all these different things and obviously overperforming by the end of this year. So they need to get that kind of success again on first and second down to put themselves kind of on schedule with the chains. Were we in agreement that the Bears had the best rushing team last year? And where did they pick in the draft? Were they number one <laughs> or two? The Falcons had a really good top three, top four, and we picked eighth in the draft. Well, part of the reason Arizona that- is number eight right now, and they're one and eight. So I'm not going to be as rush heavy. I agree with your point, Mark, uh, in terms of equal status that you're going to give, hey, we're going to be balanced as much as we can, especially against a team that we're going against in the desert here today. But if you can't throw, I mean... No, go, I, I go agree. Ahead, go ahead. I, I agree. I mean, look, the Bears are a little bit of an anomaly because Justin Fields did more, more of the right. And what team couldn't run last year that wins the division here in the South? That's Tampa Bay. They average less than 70 yeah, yards a right. game, but they win the division because they threw for 385 yards. I, I would say this much. Um, and I agree with your point. You have to have balance. You have to be able to throw. But will always always bother me... <laughs> Uh, is you know a coach who runs for four yards on first down, runs for seven yards on second down, and then runs for three yards on the next play on first down, and then decides to drop back and pass. Dude, you're just churning. But like, if you're continually moving the ball like that, just stick with it until you have reason to go the other way. Yeah, uh, Arthur <laughs> Smith will run it 14 times in a row. <laughs> he did. Browns. Yeah, yeah, last year he did. <laughs> I, I kind of want that guy back for for at least a small section of the game today. Um. Why do teams not do that as much? Remember, Peyton was the guy that would wait for the last second to see what you were going to show on defense. And if you showed something that we can run into it, we're going to run again. And go ahead, show me that same defense. I'll give, do the same play until you stop me. Yep. Stop me, and then you will force me to do something differently. And that's just basic football, right? Anybody does that. Whether you're a coordinator, whether your head coach is making the calls, whether it's the quarterback himself, when you have the guy that has the discipline and the understanding of the way the defense is, um, I think today Arizona's going to be charged because Connor's back. That guy can run. Dude, That uh, give him the ball. He's averaging 5.2 per carry. you got Kyler back. You've got a reason to have a little bit of a jump in, in your electricity level when the game starts. Defense, I think, will play well. They've got some good guys on defense. But if we can run the ball down their throat, I think it's a slow death by a 1,000 paper cuts that you have, and we, we get a win today. You make things a lot easier on Taylor, too. When you can 100%. use and Arthur loves play action, uh, uses it as much as any coach in the league. And if you're having success in the run game, it makes it that much easier on a quarterback who is limited in his skill set. Yeah. And listen, when this team played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they obviously didn't have Bijan for that game. He, I mean, he played in the last series. I think he had one touch. Um, but by all, for all intents and purposes, they didn't have him. They still ran for 156 yards in that game. They actually could have run for a lot more. They had a couple called back for some ticky-tack penalties in that game. But I felt like that team that day ran they, – the offensive line seemed to kind of block with a different kind of almost intensity. It was almost like they were running downhill, like they wanted to maul the other team. As opposed to when Bijan has played, it feels like it is more of a finesse-style running game that can either you know, pick up 10, 15 yards or, or it might lose a lot of yards. And I feel like last year was more of this kind of 
power run game that we saw that was a lot more consistent. And you were actually, there's a, a stack, which is basically based upon what is the down and distance? How many yards do you feel like do you need in a certain situation to be successful? This team needs to pick up more four-yard carries, five-yard carries on first down and on second down. That's a successful run. That puts you on schedule with the chains. And I feel like with B. John Robinson, they need to get that kind of momentum going in the game. So Hell, can, again, against this team, against this secondary, you give me three yards on first down and three yards on second down. Give me third and four. I'll take that all afternoon. Absolutely. You can, you can toast Cardinals if you're in those situations. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, if you, keep, if you keep Taylor in third and five or less, third yeah. and four or less, yeah. you, you, and again, then, then the world is your oyster as a play call. Exactly. Everything yeah. in your playbook is there. Right? The RPO actually works better there. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to leave it in there and then pull it back or whatever it may be works 10 times better in manageable situations. It's not going to work on third You're probably going to get a lot more explosive plays from Bijan, by the way, on those third downs when you're running on third and four and you can do some real creative kind of bubble toss or bubble screens or tosses and those kinds of things that they like to do with them. And I very mean, simply just to keep them with a smaller amount of guys in the box. Yep. Yeah, or if you've got to bring an extra guy in the box, then you exploit that by going over the top or hitting a quick slant or something like that where there's some open areas. It's just basic football 101. All right, we come back. Uh, the one part of the Falcons football team this year that's been consistent will need to show up today. We'll tell you that next. Mark Zeno alongside Harper LaBelle and fantastic Joe Patrick right here. Wait for Tailgate Show brought to you by the Fireshire for the makers of the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate, bigger, better, bolder, and not spicier. Visit the WSauce.com.a to find a retailer near you. Wait for Tailgate Show. Back with more right after this. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Big the big question for Ryan Nielsen defense. You're better off doing it early than late. That's true. That's true. They've been playing less man coverage, though, as of late than they have earlier in the season. I'm not sure exactly why that is. That's something that a coach will never tell you the answer to because it obviously gives away a competitive advantage. But I think it is worth noting because this team has like true corners that you can really just kind of lock up man to man. And we've even seen these guys travel with receivers before basically matching them up throughout a game, just just staying with them throughout it and running a lot of man coverage, which is kind of was Ryan Nielsen's bread and butter. I mean, I, I, that is kind of what he one of his trademarks, what he's known for defensively. Uh, but it would be interesting to see if they do that against a scrambling quarterback. The reason being is so that if you're just dropping back into a zone, your your defense, your secondary and your defensive players can keep their eyes on that I, quarterback at all times. I think they should challenge. If I'm Ryan Nielsen, I'm challenging this defense to bring the quarterback down after what happened last week. I challenge him early, right? And, and the idea of a quarterback, as you mentioned, Harper, coming back from his first game in a year, off a knee injury. He's probably going to be a little bit skittish about live contact initially. If you rattle him early, it'll last for four quarters. And that's really what it boils down to. Uh, I think you got to go Unless after Unless you're Josh Jobs. Yeah, well, Josh Dobbs, excuse me. Who, Josh Dobbs run we through. We rattled him. <laughs> we got the safety, fumbles. We didn't get a pick on him, but we uh, did everything we could. And then he says, oh, I am in an NFL game. After halftime, he just turned into a completely different person. I, I don't mean to interrupt you there. I'm just saying no, that, that, that that dude, it, he broke the mold for me. That it, was unbelievable. It, it, but it really wasn't because that's the only part of his game that's any good is his legs. <laughs> He's not a good thrower of the football. He's not a good, accurate quarterback. He, the only thing he knows is how to survive on his feet. Mm-hmm. So that's all he did. He did nothing special. That was the, 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 the book on Josh Dobbs coming in. So, you know, and again, Kyler's probably a little bit better when it comes to accuracy, when it comes to throwing the football, being a number one overall pick. But beyond that, I still want to see them rattle this dude early. I do too, but I want to ask you guys, get your opinions on this. It's a weird one for the Falcons because to your point, Mark, like this defense feels like something you've been able to rely upon 
time and time again this season, except for the last few weeks where they've had some of their they've allowed their biggest point totals against Will Levis making his first NFL start against Josh Dobbs, you know, coming in, stepping in uh, in that situation with Minnesota last week. I mean, those are two opportunities. You felt like the Falcons would take advantage of those two opportunities for sure. And I think that that's one of the reasons why the fan base is in a little bit of a meltdown right now is because they were such winnable games from that perspective. And I just wonder if this defense is maybe um, trying to overextend themselves to create turnovers. I know that's something they were emphasizing when the offense was struggling and they were saying, what can we do better? Well, we can create turnovers. Are they reaching too much for there? I don't know. I don't really have any good answers for this, but I do think it it's something that concerns me because it feels like this is another game where you should be able to create turnovers, rattle Kyler in his first game back. But I can't say for certain, like I don't have any confidence really that they will actually be able to do that over after what we've seen the last couple of weeks. I mean, again, I, I, I look at the defense still as, you know, the stronghold of this team, um, and there's a lot of confidence that this team plays with defensively, and they should. Um, they're good in coverage. They're good up front. And listen, and I'd say this much, too. What's weird about the Falcons' defense is they don't do anything great. They just do everything really good. Right? When you look yeah. at them, there's nothing they're that they solid. do great. Mm-hmm. They're just very solid and very consistent all around. Guys understand alignment, assignment, make a football play kind of deal, and that helps them very much. You know, actually, those PFF grades I was talking about, they're actually rated Falcons number one in the NFL in uh, rushing defense, actually. <laughs> Run defense. Um, which you can credit Nate Lamon for, by the way. He's done a heck of a job stepping in at linebacker this Contavious year. Contavious Street was interviewed by Dave Archer after the game last week. Tough loss, right? Hey, I feel, man, I'm so happy to be here. This clubhouse is amazing. That's great. I am, I'm thrilled to be a part of Atlanta. Yeah, I got a couple of plays and I had a few tackles and Terrell, AJ, earlier this week. Yeah, we made some mistakes. I know, but man, we are so we are so much better than that. We correct one or two things, you know, just get those little glitches out, and we're gonna be just fine. D. Alford, man, we're playing really good right now. I was I wanted to be bummed out, but after listening to the players talk about how good they're they feel about themselves right now, I how, who am I to second <laughs> right. guess yeah. how good they feel about yeah. their system and what they're doing and the results that they're getting? And that's the other thing. I mentioned the, the the bit about the Falcons having given up their highest point totals these last couple of weeks. But actually, when you look at it, it's like you could break it down like this. First of all, against Minnesota, you get you had some sacks that you just missed. You gave up some rushing yards. But generally, they didn't give up a ton of yards. It's not like they were getting chewed, you know chewed up up and down the field against Minnesota. They give up that one bad drive at the end of the game, that 75-yard drive that killed them. And then against Tennessee, it's really just a few plays that that you the, – these big explosive well, plays. One of them was a clear offensive pass interference that didn't get called. No. And I think you jumped maybe a couple routes, and that's where I'm thinking maybe they're trying to kind of overcompensate and try to create turnovers and end up getting burned. But to your point, Harper, like I, I feel like, yeah, outside of a few miscues, this defense is still going to be solid, whether, whether they make those miscues today. I would argue the defense hasn't lost them a game this year. I mean, again, last week, not bringing Josh Dobbs down certainly uh, was was a gut punch because they had several opportunities at the end of the first half, at the end of the game, to do it to change the outcome of things, and uh, uh, they couldn't get it done. But still, I would I, I wouldn't put much on this defense. They've played fantastic all year long. Well, there are fans that are listening that are going, "How come they're four and five then?" If you're talking about how good the defense is, uh, we understand. I get it. You know, it's a game of inches, and sometimes it's a point here or a missed tackle there, and we are four and five. But uh, as you said just a, mo- a few moments ago, we're we're two, three, four plays away from being seven to three yeah. right now. We're not though. I get it, folks. I get but we're not. The seven problem three. is Harper's. You, you move the goalposts. This is what irritates me when fans do this stuff at the beginning of the year. Like what did I say? We all thought they were an eight nine between an eight and ten win team. 
They're playing like an eight and ten win team. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. Yes, it could be better. In theory, there's an argument to say it could be worse. I mean, Tampa, you could have lost that game. Yeah. I mean, like th- this is what happens. You go back to the Vikings and Giants last year, who but won a I, but ton of close games. But we're on the low end, sure, certainly, of like the results that would have been possible for this team this year. Just like we're we're on kind of like the unfortunate kind of part of the spectrum, as opposed to like if everything goes well, you know, again, you're you're seven and two or whatever it might be. I think that I think it's pretty clear. Like this team has made some pretty fatal mistakes on the field that have cost them games in a in a pretty dramatic okay. way. Okay, I think you guys know me. I'm not Pollyanna. I don't wear rose colored glasses and. Truthfully, you guys know I'm not a Falcons fan, so I don't have that level of emotional attachment to any of this. I'm just objectively telling you what I see. And what I see from this team, there are things that could be better. But guess what? There are probably 30 other teams in the NFL who go, things could be a lot better. Like, we could be better than what we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. 49ers are 5-3. and three. Think they think things could be better than what they are? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely they could be. Um, so, and, and go on the flip side. The Eagles are 8-1. and one. They're not an 8-1. and one. They're not as good as an 8-1 and one football team. They have been very fortunate this year in a lot of spots to walk out of games with wins that they probably shouldn't have had objectively. That's just the NFL and what it is. They have a lot in front of them. If they get to 5-5 five and five at the bye week, there's no real reason for concern. They lose this game. I know the taste that's going to have in his mouth in the next two weeks, and I won't listen to the radio. But the, I think this is why this game... You'll be on the radio, but you're not going to listen. No, I'm not going to listen. This game is unbelievably important for it being, uh, what is it, or are we week 10? Week 10, week, yeah. week 10 against the Cardinal, against the 1-9 Cardinals. Incredibly important because the difference between... 4-6 and 5-5 six six and five and five is huge. Or 5-5, five and five, and then you come back after the bye to play the Saints. Like, if you win the game today, then you basically have a game that's four first place in the NFC South when you come off of your bye. That's a great position to be in if you're the Falcons, all things considered. If yeah. you lose this game, then things could really go off the rails because then you're talking about the locker room or, you know, how's the, the chemistry, like, like all and that, these and that, other And that's the other part of this. You know, I mean, and I said this on Twitter, guys. Like, you know, I had no problem calling out DQ when it went south, right? And, I, and, and knowing he was losing the locker room, and you could tell. Arthur Smith is not losing this He's locker. not, yeah. He's not even really close to losing this physical, locker. Mark. We're is. fast and physical. <laughs> Listen, bro. That's all you need to know about Listen, my team. Brotherhood. Um, point simply being that, again, Arthur Smith has full control of everything, and that, those players believe in him. Yeah. They believe in what he's doing. Everybody in the offensive staff believes that what they're doing is correct. I mean, you have, actually have players in the locker room who are, like, apoplectic at the idea that people could, that fans are upset at this team and the way things are like, why would they be calling for the head coach's job? Like what, what, how, how, in what world? Yeah. So the players don't believe what you fans believe and they shouldn't, which is good. Um, that said, th- there's, there's still a lot of time for this thing to get right. Uh, and look a lot better than well, it does. Mark, Mark, I want to just emphasize on that. Um, again, my friend, Mike Rothstein from ESPN had a quote from Cordero Patterson. And this is about, you know, whether Arthur, are you name dropping? Arthur Smith was in the locker room. Oh, nah, just some name dropping. Nah, he's he's, yeah. he's my, my dear, dear friend. Uh, Mike dear, dear, he was just your dear friend just a minute ago. <laughs> he's good. Now he's yeah. a double. He dear could friend. be a triple. Stepping up right, his game. Um, but this was the quote. He's, and this was about Cordero. Uh, he tweeted out a picture or, or uh, a video of him running over some Buccaneers player a few weeks ago. And I think he said like, remember, I'm still here or something. And I think a lot of fans thought that that was like toward, of course they did toward Arthur Smith as in like rem- yeah remember that I'm hey, still yeah, on the road. I'm not getting the ball anymore. so this was his quote he says I wasn't calling for the ball that would be selfish of me I just said let's not forget you know what I'm saying people on Twitter I see I see these sit behind the computer guys everybody trying to say I'm not good no more I just wanted to let them know that I'm still here and I ain't going anywhere for someone to say that I'm directing that at Art come on me and Art text each other every day we've got a great effing relationship I love that guy I feel like my career is still going because of him he gave me a chance in year nine in free agency when nobody else wanted me 
Art gave me a chance and look at me now, man, end quote. Like, that is a guy who loves Arthur Smith. I think that the, that is generally the feeling of this Falcons locker room. He's nowhere near losing these guys, I don't think. No, and he's not anywhere near losing his job. So stop calling for his job, fans. Stop. Like, you're wasting your time, energy, and effort. Create a new narrative. If you want to sit there and say... Our eight of our callers, they just hung up right now. We had <laughs> callers that were waiting to come in, and they go wanted ahead. to say that. No, because no. I'm not going to sit there and entertain that. Go, go, call, go call a different show. Um, or don't put me on, one or the other. But regardless, the point simply is that the, 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 nothing is as bad as you guys want it to be with this team. I understand the results don't feel like they're great, but they certainly are a team that has a lot going for them in the right direction. A right, quick update around the NFL, guys. Bengals have a 7 nothing lead over the Texans, but Texans are in the red zone here at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Packers and Steelers knotted up at 7, under 2 minutes left in the first there. Titans, an exciting game with the Buccaneers, 3-0. Um, <laughs> boy, is that another game you just don't want to watch. Uh, under a minute left in the uh, first quarter there. Still a 14-0 lead for the Ravens over the Browns. Ravens scored an offensive touchdown along with a defensive one. They're up early. Niners a 10-0 lead over the Jags. Um, so far, the Niners are making the Jags look like the old Jags, not the new Jags. Uh, Vikings a 3-0 lead over the Saints. And, of course, Colts and Patriots done in Germany, and we're done with the International Series, thank God. Uh, no one likes 9.30 football, Roger. Uh, I hate to take it, break it to you, but I know you get money from it, so there's that. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Los Angeles Rams radio. What would you like to be on that? How about Chicago Bears? Yeah. How about the Washington Commanders? How yeah. about the Denver Broncos? How would you like to be on talk radio, sports radio, in some of those with a, markets With a, with right a quarterback now? who stinks and an immovable oh contract that you can't get out of. Yeah. I mean, and, you, and let's just even keep it closer to home. Do you think the Saints fans are happy with what they're watching offensively? Yeah. That they spent 140 million dollars on Derek Carr, and I liked Derek Carr prior yeah. to this year. Yeah, but God, that, they For are that contract, awful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's a single happy NFC South. Marietta <laughs> High School's got a better offense than the Saints. Buford, how about Buford? I don't know. I don't know about Buford. Yeah. Lasseter's got a better. Yeah, those Lasseter. are the ones I know. Uh, so, Buford, I think Buford's is uh, going to Georgia, right? They got like the number one quarterback in the country. I, I, what do I know? There you go, Dylan Rayola. That, think, that kid? I think so. Yeah, he goes to Bu- he transferred to Buford? I think so. Did he? Was he from Arizona? We need to get Sam Crenshaw. I, 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 I know. We need guys. Sam. I need Rodney Nabolsi. Somebody to get us straight. Uh, Saints just tied it up with a field goal. 3-3 here, uh, nearing the end of the first. want to remind you guys, the Man Cave Store Norcross. One of our sponsors here on the Wait for Tailgate Show. Man Cave Store Norcross. Family, friends, fun. Visit mancavestore.com. We get back. We'll get the injury report. Get you guys wrapped up. Turn it over to that big, large network pregame show alongside Harper LaBelle. Smiling Joe Patrick. Mark Zeno. I'm waiting for sexy. You know, keep, keep waiting. I'll bring sexy back in the next segment. It's a Waiting for Tailgate Show, Sports Radio 929 again. Final segment of the Wade Ford Tailgate Show here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Mark Zeno, Harper LaBelle, special Joe Patrick. <laughs> I don't know how to take that one. You're very special, I'll, I'll take Joe. take that positively. You should take it positively. Uh, we'll turn it over to our network pregame coming up here uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Falcons and Cardinals. 405 kick Eastern. Uh, as uh, Falcons try to improve the 5-5 five and five and Cardinals try to continue to work their way towards the number one overall draft pick, which <laughs> they're on the way. Yeah, they're well on their way. Got to keep losing. They're well just, on their just way. keep losing, boys. That's it. That's what we hope for. We hope just their motivation to lose. Got to watch out for the as Bears. big as our motivation. Got to watch win. out for the Bears. No, via the, and the Panthers. Via the Panthers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're gonna have a they're gonna have a sweet situation. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. 
They're going to have two, two in the two, two top five picks. Two, my, yeah, I was going to say definitely two top ten, if not two two top five, at this rate going forward. So. Our injury report is brought to you by FireShire from the WSauce Bigger, Better, Bolder, and now Spicier. Visit the WSauce.com. Find a FireShire retailer near you. You guys ready Joe for Patrick, it? Joe Patrick. The informed Joe Patrick. Right. Please give us an injury report. A uh, couple guys out for the Falcons today. It's going to be D. Alford, who that's a pretty big loss. He's been the starting nickel for this team. He's been you know one of the most impressive players based versus what you expected from him this year. Um, he's got an ankle, so he's going to be out today. I would expect... Uh, um, Who's the, the the rookie corner? His name is now escaping me. That they uh, drafted from Utah, Clark Phillips. Clark Phillips. I there expect him to be active for the first time. I think for the first time this season, maybe um, in his stead. I don't know how much he'll actually play, but I expect him to be active. Uh, Mac Hollins will also miss. Probably not as big of a miss as you may, might expect. Actually, Van Jefferson's been out snapping Mac Hollins since the team acquired Van Jefferson. As I think they're trying to go uh, with some smaller personnel to try to get some of those lighter boxes that you were talking about earlier, Harper. Uh, and then the biggest one. Well, wait, wait. I I will miss Mac on special teams. That that's, dude's true. Knocking that's true. Knocking dudes that's true. out. He is. He is a he's physical a monster on special teams. He is. He is. And I think that's when he got hurt. I think it was a, a special teams play mm. that he was out there. That's. That's not easy to replace. No. Like, seriously, yeah, I mean, yeah. there, you don't have many guys in your well, lineup that can do that. Yeah, that shoot. are his size, strength, and, you know, and desire. This Falcons punt. Well, in general, their special teams have been bad. Their I think their punt coverage teams have been uniquely bad. And I think that part of that is down to not having Troy Anderson, actually, who I think is probably one of the best special teams players in the NFL because of his tackle, of his ability to tackle, along with his uh, speed and size. Um, the biggest miss for today, the, for the Falcons potentially today, is David Onyemata, the defensive tackle. He's questionable with an ankle. Um, Timmy Horn was elevated from the practice squad yesterday. He, that doesn't necessarily mean he is definitely going to be active today, and Onyemata won't, but I'm expecting that they'll be working out Onyemata before the game to see if he can I go. I was going to say game-time decision, yeah. where Timmy's war, he's dressed, and at the last minute, if Onyemata can't go, okay, Timmy, you're up. Yeah, it sounds like that could be the case. Or, or, or Timmy could be just making up the numbers because they have been, you know, they're out Grady Jarrett. Obviously, they signed Street, but they're also out LaCale London. So it could be just for numbers there as well in this one. Um, longer list on the Cardinals side. Well, I'm not even going to go through all of them, but the key thing to know is that they're basically in flux with all three of their central interior offensive line positions. Um, the Probably guard, not good. Yeah, yeah, not good. Their center is going to be out. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I'll start laughing, but the two guards are all both. Jotty Froholt? Is that who you were going to say? No, I was going to say Colin. Oh, Tristan Colon, yeah, I thought I had him at left guard. No, Is he's he the he's, he's the center who's out. Both both the guards, both the guards, uh, Will Hernandez and yeah, uh, Carter O'Donnell uh, are questionable today. And uh, but James Conner will be back for the Cardinals as well as Kyler Murray, of course. There's a big one coming off the uh, ACL, who we've been talking about all show. Man, I've got a smattering. They've got like the, seven or eight guys questionable. The Clayton Tune arrow was very short lived. I'm upset. <laughs> it was Clayton, name that how tune. Much, how much time do you invest into at least looking at him to prep for today in case Kyler Murray has to come out of the ballgame for any reason at all? You give an hour, two hours? You got to watch what he Probably. did last week. I mean, he didn't do anything last week. I know Carver. he didn't do anything. Like, but he, he, he got a uniform. You want to make and sure they asked he doesn't him to do anything? Take, take a snap, and, and it didn't go well. No. Well, he made uh, everyone on Cleveland look like a Hall of Famer on defense. Everyone looked like a Hall they of Famer. They didn't score a point last week. I know. Cleveland's defense looked like they were all in the oh, Hall of Fame. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did. Yeah. Um, but a, a weak offensive line, to go to what Mark said earlier, he goes, you know, especially with the defense, we're getting pressures, we're getting close, we're, we're causing havoc in the, in the pocket. Um, That's what the boys And you've got to. three guys in, in your Cardinal lineup that are out or are hurting. So I hope our defense, at least, at least the front, Get get some pressure on and and you know does Jesse get his fourth pick 
Uh, does somebody else on the team get a couple of picks today because of some errant throws? Uh, I'm looking for that today. Yeah, again, I, I think with all the influx that we talked about, if I'm Ryan Nielsen, I know the Falcons aren't a high-blitzing team, but I'd dial it up early. I, I'd, I'd force Kyler and try to get his timing off you know, in every timing route that he has, get mm-hmm. it, get him mm-hmm. moving his feet yeah. quick. And, yeah. and look, you can I settle think- into, you know, your regular defense after the fact, but if you can get them chasing early, um, yeah, I think it sets up well for you the rest know, of the game. I, I would say in general, because I want just to encapsulate a lot of your, the thoughts you've had today, Mark, on the way this defense is, but they just need to disrupt Arizona. Yeah. You know, like whether that's running with like some press man coverage, whether that's actually sending blitzers, whatever that is, it's what you were just saying about getting them out of their timing that has probably been pretty, you know, on time when you're just like working on things in practice, working with some, with uh, receivers on air and stuff like that, get them out of that, get them so that they're uncomfortable and having to kind of improvise. I think that's where you'll find Kyler Murray probably making some mistakes because he's not used to the kind of the game speed that he'll see today. I mean, if they can't get a hold of, you know, um, if they can't get a hold of, of Kyler early, uh, and and force him to into some mistakes because I think really that's the biggest thing. You can force him into mistakes. If they can do that, then they're going to be fine. Um, I, and I think the defense can set the tone for this game. But this is also a game here where all things considered, where I know Arthur Smith is a a, a avid you know uh, go for it on fourth down kind of guy. Today's the day you take the points. Yeah, yeah. Today's the day you just take the points. You make Arizona's defense, Arizona's offense, beat your defense. That's the way I play this game. Agree. I'll take Agree. the 30-yard field goal. I'll take the 25-yard field goal. Put the points up on the board. Put my defense back out on the field. And again, go back to the run game a little bit and eliminate the variance in what goes on in the game as much as you can. Mm-hmm. If you do that and control the game and control the tempo, this team is not good enough to beat us. Yeah. And I defense- even said us. It's not even <laughs> not go. good enough to beat the Falcons. Okay, I said us. And- <laughs> He's disgusted with himself right I now. I am. <laughs> uh, and as far as the Falcons blitzing, by the way, you know, that might be an effective tactic against the Cardinals, particularly this week. Again, point of these inj- this injury report with all these offensive linemen that they've got in question. Again, both the guards, the center's going to be out. He's important in picking up blitzes, identifying Mike linebackers and getting them into right protections. Uh, DJ Humphreys also hasn't played at all this week. One of their offensive tackles, he'll probably be out of this game. So um, you'll be going up against some backups that you feel like you probably should be taking advantage of for this Falcons team. Is there any chance at all? I, I agree with what Mark said, but why didn't you go deep? You you know the secondary for Arizona. You should go over the top, and you didn't. Why yeah. not? You know you got to you got to do some things. Let's Does see this what team have, have a, have I mean, a playmaker back. that can take it take take the top off? The, I mean the Cardinals? No, no, no. I'm, so, I'm talking about the Falcons. Sorry. Yes, Drake can. Well, you go down the middle with Pitts almost every other play. Why wouldn't you? Cover two, let let Kyle go down the middle in a, in a, a skinny post. Well, that's what I, I, that's, make that happen. By the way, if it makes you guys feel any better. The Saints can't seem to get Josh Dobbs down to the ground <laughs> yeah, either. <that's>, <laughs> Third and fifteen, and uh, unreal. Never mind. Uh, I, you love to see it. You well, love to see and it when it's two sense. weeks ago, he was a guy we will probably have to worry about on the depth chart here with Arizona. So yeah, they just got him a week early. Yeah. But as far as the Falcons' offense being explosive with Kyle Pitts, here, here's the thing. Like I feel like. A lot of fans are between two minds on this where they want Kyle Pitts getting more targets, more catches, more the easy yards, like more the Travis Kelsey kind of check down, run after the catch type of yards. But the way that Arthur Smith was really using them, to your point, has been as a deeper receiver running into the deeper zones. Okay. Look, and you know this, Joe, because I said the same thing back then. Fans' problem with Kyle Pitts isn't his usage. It isn't how much he's touching the ball. It's not the way he's being used. It's not what his skill set is. Fans' problem is... 
that the organization drafted him fourth overall. Mm. That's the problem. And look, you'll never get me to say otherwise. I said it the night of the draft. It was an abhorrent, objective, disgusting mistake to take a tight end at four. You'll never convince me otherwise of anything. It's not a reflection on the player. It's not a reflection on anything other than the fact that it is a mistake to do it because tight ends do not change offenses. Period. End of conversation. So the problem for fans is that you you use this draft capital on this guy and you can't get the production to match the draft position that he has. That's part of the issue. For mm-hmm. So in the bigger picture, I simply say you need to let that go and yeah. look at the reality <laughs> of what it is it right now. He's an effective tight end who's being targeted adequately and used in the offense the way tight end should be. The problem is you draft in the fourth. Let that stuff go, man. It's over. You all need Vikings. to find some peace in your hearts. You all need to find some some serenity now. And let that <laughs> stuff right. go. That's right. Okay? And just live with the fact that they overdrafted him, but this is what he is. And he's still a good player. Wade Ford Tailgate brought to you by your Wade Ford dealer, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Uh, we'll come back and wrap things up alongside Harper LaBelle and salacious <laughs> Joe Patrick. Mark Zenner here. Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Sports Radio 9290 Game. Welcome back to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Mark Zeno, Harper LaBelle, Sexy Joe Patrick. There, there it is. There we got it. We ended with a flourish. There we go. A uh, quick update from the provinces here. Texans, Bengals, not at 7. Steelers, a 14-7 lead over the Packers. Still an exciting game in Tampa. 3-0 Titans over the Buccaneers. Ravens now 17-3 lead over the Browns. 49ers 10. Jaguars zip. Vikings took a 10-3 lead over the Saints. Yeah, go Vikings. They can't bring down Josh Dobbs either. Don't feel bad, Falcons fans. He's just a squirmy, squirrely, slippery little I think he oils sucker. himself up before games. I mean, I do. But I'm different. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just me. It's that pizza. It was. It was. Hey, don't, 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 don't knock Vinny's in Midtown, man. That's, that's like the only place in this town you can get a decent slice. So uh, props up to Vinny's right over there on Peachtree and 7th. So, Chris Thomas, how you doing there, buddy? How about the Ravens just taking it to the Browns? Well, they got a defensive touchdown. The game looks totally different. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, Deshaun Watson threw a pick six, and to, 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 that's that's where your over gets screwed because of that pick six, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but not that we talk about gambling or anything. Uh, all right, final thoughts here on the game, uh, and I guess – We'll do score predictions. Is that what we do? Do we really want to do score predictions? Yeah. We can give any kind of prediction we want. Falcons win by scoring more points than the other team. Well, I'm going <laughs> to ask you too. I'm going to ask each of you guys if there's a jersey of one player from the franchise, and I'm going to go back to St. Louis too. So St. Louis and Arizona, and you don't have this jersey, and I'm going to buy it for you for Christmas. Is there one player that you want? Otis Anderson. He's your favorite Cardinal of all time? Because he's my, one of my favorite Giants of all time. Yeah. He's the He was. Amazing with the Giants. He was amazing with Arizona, with St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody wants a Neil Lomax jersey. That's for damn sure. You know, the, the, how about Jim Hart? You want a Jim Hart jersey? I can't think of another player other than Otis Anderson. You know, who was the wide receiver? What about Pat Tillman. Pat, Pat Tillman jersey. Yeah, the Green Roy Green. The the, the Cardinals player. No, from my Chuck Cecil. Remember Chuck Cecil? Chuck Cecil. That dude used to lay a hammer like nobody's business. Remember, uh, the one Pat I was thinking Tillman. of, Larry Larry Centers. Remember? Go Larry Centers. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What a great fullback. Dude, Chuck Cecil used to have the blood pouring out of the side of his nose. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the reason like head hits are taken out of the NFL. That dude used to concuss people like it was a second job. <laughs> Uh, Conrad Dobler, he went to Wyoming, and I'm a Colorado. I met State Conrad guy, so Dobler I hate, several times. I cannot, I would never do it because of that. But he was, he was the epitome of just what a lineman was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. dude, that dude would eat worms. <laughs> no, he'd eat broken glass <laughs> eat too. Worms. Yeah, yeah, he's he was a sick dude. Uh, he was. Hey, he, now when you no, how, old, how old was he when you met him? 
Oh, he was uh, he was walking in a cane and everything. I've yeah, been at Super Bowl several years. I mean, he's passed on now. I think I think he'd get multiple knee injuries. I think yeah. he'd get props for a, uh, a Jake Plummer jersey. Would be kind of nice. Dan Deardorff is go. another guy that was from the old days, the Jim Hart days. I didn't realize Dan Deardorff. Yeah, I didn't realize he yeah. played former Monday Night Football guy. Dan. Yeah, Deardorff. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so this line has actually gone toward Carson the Falcons Palmer? over the course of the of the course of the week. The line was really interesting. So here's what happened: the Falcons opened up as a one and a half, almost yeah. two point favorite. They announced Kyler was starting, and it dropped. Right to a pick, and in certain shops, the Cardinals were favored by a point. And then, literally twenty four hours later, it flipped back. I see it as Falcons two and a half now. Yeah, so um, that tells what Vegas thinks about. I, the game. I, I, I played the Falcons this week. <laughs> I might have put a shekel down. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, w- I would pick them to win. I would say that, but again, I feel like I can't actually like give an official like Falcons win Here's prediction the because I, I, they they're not they're not, they're not like. I, I've been picking them to win all the time, and I feel like they should win all these games, but they haven't been, so I feel like I can't trust them anymore. By the way, shameless plug for weekend wager here. You can hear on Sports Radio 19 in the game. Um, the biggest thing for me when it comes to this game is try to eliminate variance, right? Uh, right. And understanding what it is. So h- how do you eliminate variance from Kyler Murray? You don't know what he's going to bring, right? Uh, do you, How do you eliminate variance from Taylor Heineke? Is he going to be as good as he consistent as he was last week? He's not going to turn the ball over. All these things you got to try to eliminate in this game, and I don't, uh, I don't know that we necessarily can. Harper, your thoughts? Uh, two teams that don't score a lot. 16.8 per game is what the Cardinals are averaging. 18.4 is what the Falcons, but I think the Falcons go a little bit higher here today. They have to. You know, 2017, somewhere in that range. I hope we get a lot more, but uh, that's that's all I can say because that's what the average numbers tell me. Sexy Joe? I'll go uh, 24 to 13. Falcons win. Falcons cover. That's all you need to know. Who cares what the number looks like after that? Especially my wallet <laughs> and my bookie. That's that. <laughs> the Harper LaBelle, Smoke at Joe Patrick. See, I brought you back to the beginning. There we go. Full I'm circle. Mark Zeno. Network pregame coming up next right here. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Go Falcons. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 